y'all. I'm Allie Spears, and this is Ag Chicks, where we dig deep with the women who are helping to feed the world. So for today's episode, I'm with Debbie Wise from Red House Beef Company, and they are a family farm in California. And I'm going to let you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your business. So I'm Debbie, and we, my husband and I have been farming with Keith and Jennifer Gardner for um, just over 20 years now. And so predominantly my role most of that time had been more of a support role, kind of always somewhat involved in the production side, but I have two girls and so home raising them. Um, We live on a farm as well. And so my girls show livestock for HFFA, all those things. And in 2016, kind of a combination of events led to what is now Red House Beef Um, and really it was a journey my youngest daughter has Down syndrome and was diagnosed with celiac disease and things and as I kind of I guess took my farming knowledge and a lot of nutrition knowledge a lot of things I was kind of working on I ended up realizing that man, we grow so much here in the Valley and our access to some of that was so hard. And and so I kind of started trying to bridge that or communicate that. And I think that was a time too, when social media, everything, there was a lot of ag narrative coming out. And I felt like a lot of times the farmer wasn't anybody getting to share our narrative Mm -hmm. and we were kind of missing. Um, and you know, I think the good Lord just put a series of events together that a piece of property my husband and I used to grow garlic and carrots on, which sat right next to our almond orchard. Um, we had helped a dairy vet that wanted to learn about beef begin to develop this property. Um, our organization had a, a large cow-calf component. So um, we have Rancheria that runs probably oh, not in a severe drought like this year, Um, you know, 2,500 plus mama cows. So we had a few of the pieces of the puzzle aligning. And my husband came home one day and said, Paul's leaving and that piece of ground is going to go on the market. And it was a beautiful piece of ground we'd helped develop into like a mob grazing facility. And it kind of just, I came to my husband and Jordy and said, will you guys support me? I want to come back into the industry and I kind of want to try to bridge our beef gap. I want to start a branded beef program. And um, because it was really hard in our area as much as we have ranching to truly find a good quality branded beef program Um, Mm -hmm. or one that was consistent. You'd like some would show up in the fall and then it's like next year till you, you know, there was so much inconsistency and I was trying to come up with a model. Can't we have a day in day out direct to consumer program and get on a rotation that's more than like we have 10 beef shares for the year available and it took probably mm, almost nine months to put the whole package together escrow closed randomly on my birthday one day I was actually out of town at our state livestock show with my girls and my husband and Keith texted me and said happy birthday. We bought you a ranch. Now what? <laughs> and that literally was what it was. Now what? Now what? <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so we kind of just slowly began bridging. I say slowly, it was kind of slowly, but rapidly br- bridging the gap of being a traditional fall cow calf into a spring and a fall and a year round and a finishing program. And we, and so I went from mom and farmer's wife to 
putting on my boots and learning to um, fix sprinklers and move cattle in the whole finishing operation. And so that's kind of where Red House really began. So it was kind of a series of events that led up to it. And in 2017, we... Uh, officially launched the brand officially launched it okay awesome and I love that that you say you know you went from one role to a new role to kind of build this dream um I think a lot well at least I'm finding a lot of stories lately to where that's kind of the theme where it was a ranch wife or farm wife and then all of a sudden you had a dream and that became your thing and that was what you really went after so I love that your story has um a lifespan like that. It's really cool. Yeah, it um it has been fun to see more and more and like several of the gals I follow on social media or interact with. It's been fun to see um some of the women come into that role. Obviously, you know, it's always interesting being a female to step into those roles, especially in some of like the traditional and and kind of taking a branded program and especially grass finish you have all the things that you kind of go up against the conventional male rancher and what their take is on here we have this female who has all these ideas and wants to put the story on social media and do these posts and you know so it's a it's an interesting dynamics to come into I've been fortunate that our group internally really supported that um and I've really tried as best they can to embrace it. They humor me with photo shoots and they know that we're going to video when we're processing. And even at brandings, everybody's getting good about knowing like, oh my gosh, you're probably going to tag us in this time. Like, yeah, <laughs> probably so. Um, but it's also been fun to kind of see them start to embrace that and realize that we need to tell our story. There's so much out there. Yeah. And, and so many people looking for us, right. like so many more. Yeah. And that's, I'm, that's funny that you said that because I just had a conversation with someone who said, you know, my husband or my family was like really against the social media thing. And then yeah. now that they are seeing the kind of positivity to it on the back end, they're so much more engaged with it. And it's kind of fun to see them put their own little spin on things and pose for pictures or whatever it may be. I'll never forget the day like so my husband did not have Instagram when Red House started like he had Facebook and a little bit and then he was like so give me an account like I want to see what you're doing so we made him an Instagram I'm not sure that he's posted like a picture yet on his because I don't think he knows how but he calls me one day and says I just saw on Red House like somebody posted their unboxing of your meat like what is that about and he goes people do that and I said yeah like that's why we take time to like send our card and sign it like we put thought into how we prepare that and send it to them he was like I've never seen that like I saw that they posted about opening your packet and he was like I don't even understand this and I said well welcome like that's marketing nowadays Right. And it, it really has changed marketing too, because a lot, you have to know that whatever you're putting out there, someone else could put that on their story or their Instagram feed. And you have no idea how many people it's going to reach from that standpoint. So you really got to be on your A game. It's crazy. Yeah. You, and then we get, you know, our, so our finishing facility, we have a lot of where we allow store pickup and things have a little market on the farm and stuff. And you get a lot of where my phone will go off and it's like they're tagged, someone's live there. And so they're filming it to their people live and it always makes me like, 
oh shoot, is I hope everything's clean. Like, did right. they? Like, I started thinking about all those things. Like, if you have company coming over to your house, like, yeah, totally. Hope everything's in order. <laughs> totally. So this really um, started obviously with you and your husband, and then um, sounds like a close group of friends too. And is that really kind of what it's been as it's evolved or have you brought other people in? So yeah, so it was really me for a while. We did end up bringing one. So we have one guy that helps us um, like with just the day-to-day pasture maintenance and things. So we did bring that on. And as we grew and our vision began to grow and marketing a lot of things, um, I think she's been with us almost three years now. I had a gal, um, Maddie Herndon, and so she's kind of who I would say is really my ranch manager. She really does a lot of everything with our group, and we've been so blessed for her to join our team. Um, And she was just coming back into our community. Um, She graduated from UC Davis with an animal science, and she just really had a passion for like the small farm and the narrative. Um, and somebody recommended, they knew I was kind of at the point where I needed to take on, I needed to bring one more person devoted to just our side. Um, and so I met with her and I said, I don't know where this is going. I don't have a very good job description. Like we just do things every day. Um, and those things change. And I said, but if you'd like to come spend the day with me and then think about it. And so she came on like a Friday and spent the day. And I thought, well, I don't know. And it was kind of a crazy day. I was like, I don't know if she'll call me back or not. And Monday she called and said, I really love what you're doing. I think I want to be part of it. And so we've had her for almost three years now. And um, she's really become part of our family as well. So I'm really blessed to have her and her dedication to the farm. But other than that, it's really just she and I. And, you know, I am fortunate. My husband's role really is we, he farms almonds and pistachios. So he really isn't present on the ranch a lot unless I need help. Um, But I do have that guidance and we're really fortunate to have within our group um, that runs the cow calf side. So we kind of have three cow calf divisions now. So we have a traditional large one that the Gardner family has and um, Jake Cromley and his wife live up there. They do a great job for us. And then Maddie and I put together two additional ranches that we have a fall and a spring. And we kind of basically like undid every traditional thing. Like we wanted long strung out calving seasons. We're going to wean twice in each group, like all the things that a normal cow calf does not want to do. Um, over the years, we've kind of built that. So then we manage that as well. Um, we do have a cowboy that stays up there because they're about an hour and a half, two hours in the mountains from where our finishing facility is. So we bounce back and forth a lot. And so- um, I'm assuming that's kind of the way you did things due to fulfilling orders and keeping up yeah. with kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So we, you know, we kind of continued every year to tweak that model to get in a good pattern. And now what we're able to do between um, what we can pull from what we call our rancheria herd. So we can pull into that and then our own cows that are dedicated strictly to our branded beef program at Red House. Um, you know, we kind of can keep where almost everything is internally from us. We don't really have to outsource very often any cattle to finish. Awesome. And so we have animals ready now every month. 
every month. Okay. Because yeah. I mean, with cattle, it's a nine month process if you want to change yeah. things, right? So no, it takes a lot of planning. People, I don't think people always realize that. Like even yeah. when we acquired this, it wasn't like all of a sudden, like, okay, we're going to sell beef. It was like, okay, we weaned our first set of calves into this program. Now we wait and see yeah. how this goes. Right. Um, and we're fortunate with one of the things I really wanted was like, so all of our herds are in like the typical, so we're Angus, we run Angus bulls and we actually, um, Maddie and I within our deal then started what, so a lot of people see what we call our bar KJ or like a lot of our little Angus pictures we post. So we run a seed stock program as well. And now like all of our calves coming in are bulls that are from our registered herd. And so we're really have closed like the full cycle. Okay. Um, and kind of get to be involved in all facets of the industry. And that's been really fun. But we, um, like, it took a lot to just try to change, you know, what we were doing and how we put that together, where we were going. And we really wanted quality. We're in a big drought area. And so I think that's what really hindered California and the grass fed because we're a natural NHTC, like all those things, the cow herds were already in the gap program. And what we really wanted was to focus on quality. And so being that we're like a mob grazing um, irrigated facility, we really spent a lot of time studying like New Zealand and like Allen Nation and some of those people on like grass farming. And that's where I was fortunate to have my husband because I say we're really grass farmers that the cattle get to benefit from. And just so we we're able to really continue to just push that model, which gives us really good feed quality. So we're mild, we're getting a lot of marbling things. Like a lot of people don't realize we're grass finished because we really have been able to match more of like our feedlot counterparts um, because of the type of feed and, and what our facility is. And so that was really our goal to, to do like, the regenerative and, and all the things we wanted, but still not sacrifice quality. Cause that's one thing I hated. Everybody would say, oh, but if you want to be devout to eating this type of meat, you're going to have to give up that you don't care what quality it is. And I was like, that doesn't have to be that way. Right. There are better methods. Right. And with being grass fed and in California, I'm from California. So I understand a little bit about yes. it. <laughs> Um, but what are some of the like regulations and thing quality stuff that you guys have to meet in order to be able to say that? So, you know, I, sometimes I wish there were more standards to that because it really is a self-affidavit program. Okay. I mean, the USDA really backed out of a lot of our labeling when, when country of origin and source, like when a lot of those programs began to change in our industry, um, a lot of South affidavit programs can come in, which I'm fine with, except there's so much very, like it's, it does make it where there's some that don't belong in it that are because you really, like when I applied for my label with the USDA, cause we're audited, we use a third party auditor for everything. Okay. So we do have like an American grass association and follow all that. So even our minerals, like we have to turn all that in and our, our audit and our percentage ratios of everything they eat. Um, but for the label and to actually claim that on the other side, like, I'll never forget. They said, you really want me to turn in all these certificates? It's so much easier if you just sign the self affidavit. And I'm like, do you know how much work and how expensive these third-party audits are? You're turning my audits in yeah, absolutely. for my label. And, um, 
but you don't, unfortunately, you don't necessarily have to have that. Um, and that's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, I don't know that I want us to be any more regulated by auditors, right. but on the flip side, there's just, you know, a lot of interesting things that go on out there. Then we are a hundred percent grass program. I think by definition, like grass feds an 80, 20 philosophy, unless it says grass finished instead of grass fed. So there's a lot of different labeling things out there. And then we do now have like a grain line that we run as well and stuff. So as our brand, we expanded into poultry that kind of started as a grazing philosophy with laying hens, which then led to meat birds. And now, and then we're actually just entering into the sheep program, but I'm not, I won't claim that we remotely are close to being shepherds yet. So we're not. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're definitely not have that figured out. So. Not quite there yet. I'm glad you brought up the poultry because no. I did want to talk about that too. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the poultry side of things. And then do you guys also have pork or am I making that one up? So the pork we do carry, but we actually use, so we buy um, animals through a third party that grows them for us, um, which is really great. We're just not set up or in a situation to really do that. But that was kind of one of those things that the customers kept asking us for. And when they, you know, it's such a, like a branded program and how we built ours is such a relationship type program. So you really became part of like their food sourcing questions. I had so many people that would call me like, would you eat from this brand? Um, and so we were able to partner with a group we loved up out of the Hollister area, California Carabudo. And so we just contract with them. They grow them for us. And then um, we purchase live animals for them. So that's how we have the pork. I actually don't raise those. Um, that's kind of just been, again, trying to get a product line into our community. The poultry, um, you know, it started with laying hens. We really wanted to use them as a pasture cleanup um, for like our worms and, and different things. They were so good in just the farm system and the grazing system. And um, from there, we kind of thought, let's try meat birds and we'll just harvest them on the farm for ourselves. And then that became really popular. And so that grew and grew and grew. And so now, you know, we farm harvest still, so we stay under like the regulations to still be small enough to be on farm and things, but we built like a little mobile chicken harvesting system and we have our calendar, the new cow. So between COVID and Newcastle, I feel like it's taken us forever to get on a poultry schedule. Right. Um, because as soon as we started to get consistent and our customers love them, then the Newcastle disease hit California. You couldn't ship birds anywhere. So we were like, man, we just got this whole poultry following and now we're out of luck. And so we um, finally feel like we're back on a schedule where every two weeks we harvest a small batch. And typically those go to like our farm club members because it's kind of like, that's one of the hottest commodities. Right. And, And poultry is so much faster as far as 
turnover than cattle. Yes. It's like eight weeks, like over and over and over. So yeah. And it has been a huge benefit in our pastures and grazing program, but now it's kind of become its own thing. And that's probably one of our number one restaurant, like things that those that we supply beef to are always like, can I get on your poultry list for the restaurant? I'm like, no, absolutely not. Can't like there is no volume in that. And yeah. in 20, as soon as we launch that, the birds are stocked up in like 24 hours that are out of stock. That's so yeah, that's been crazy. That and that was just a total surprise. Like that was never on our model. Interesting. Interesting. So what I mean, as far as products, you guys have a lot of them, obviously. Tell us a little bit about some of those. So of course, we have all of the full array of beef as a nose to tell. We really try to bring in and do just about everything we can. And then we do whole birds within our poultry. Um, and then as the fact that we run pollination and almonds, that was kind of an interesting one. You know, we didn't really have a labeled program or didn't, that was not necessarily part of the plan, but there again, that kind of developed. So we do run like a raw orange honey blossom. So as we come out of pollination, some of our hives go to um, citrus. So the guys started jarring that for me and bringing that back in. Like I kind of talked our, um, pollination group jimmy with united honeybee that's within our group like hey can i get like drums done this way and so then all next thing we knew we had a honey program and of course the almonds were kind of easy but in the almonds we're also do a lot of nut butters and flowers and things so then we ended up doing from um our organics a raw nut butter coming back into us as well so that's been kind of fun to continue to just bring those products and then it seems like we do, we love to collaborate. So a lot of our stuff is collaboration with other kind of like-minded um, purveyors. Like we just did um, like Cattleman's Coffee and some of those and different seasoning groups. Um, so it's been fun. We just developed our own seasoning line that's come out. And then of course, merchandise. I never intended, I mean, I thought I'd have shirts for like us on the farm, but the merchandise thing is big. Like people love that. Yeah. You guys so are- we've got the stickers and shirts and all the things in the shop. You guys are definitely a one-stop shop. That's for sure. You can get clothes and food. <laughs> you can get beef, clothes, you name it. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. So I always say, like, I think I have a plan and every year the plan's evolving. Um, but it's, it's definitely been fun. Um, it has its challenges. And there are many nights where I think we're doing this, why? Yeah. Um, because it definitely is a hard program to be bring to life. Like the beef system is not really designed for the small producer. Like yeah. that's just not our system. Right. And so that has a lot of challenges, but it's been worth it. Well, and being in California too, with again, regulations, the drought, yeah. the grass fed a business. I mean, yeah. how has all of that impacted y'all? So that's been hard. Um, You know, obviously water is a huge issue period, whether, you know, we're blessed to have some irrigated land and that makes a huge difference with the drought we're in right now, but that has its own set of issues with Sigma and everything coming. We have very few processors. Um, That's probably been our hardest thing. And then our fee increases, I mean, our processing fees I have more in that than I have in raising the animal. Um, So it just, those continue. And that's where our focus really began. So we um, are currently actually working on a processing facility within a USDA approved with 
in our own organization. And we've been, we're about just shy of two years into the feasibility and working with the county and all that side. And so we actually should break ground in about two months, That's two to three months, but they should break ground. And so I'm super excited that, you know, we haven't shared a lot about that, but that's going to be huge. And our goal with that is obviously not only to help our own branded program, but to collaborate with a series of growers in a similar area and bring more of those programs to life. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I mean, yeah, obviously helping you guys for a service you need, but then everyone else is facing the same issues as well. Yeah. And there's so much room in the industry. Like a lot of people ask, are you actually going to open it up to others? And I'm like, yeah, this is, I mean, it's a huge undertaking to build a federal facility to begin with, but we are so needed. I mean, we have nothing within a two hour circle and then it's very marginal on our options. And so I know it'll be a huge help to some of the growers that trying to get their programs brought forward. And so we're really excited to bring that. I will tell you when I started in 2016, never did I think that the processing side and slaughter side of the industry is something that I would be so involved in or so excited about, but that is really where, like that right now is where I spend most of my time. Natty does a great job on the farm and I really spend most of my time trying to get this facility off the ground. Well, and being a federal facility will allow you guys to be able to, any state can be involved with you guys, correct? Yeah, so we'll be able, everything that comes out of there, they'll be able to ship and, and different things. So we're really excited about getting that. Like I said, I still, my fingers cry, like I'm still holding my breath because we got a long ways to go. But I think the biggest hurdles were through and now it's more into construction and equipment and that side of things. And so we're, we're just about to wrap all that up with the county and finally break ground. So we're really excited. Well, congratulations. I know that's a huge undertaking, so I can't wait to see how all of that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if I'm as excited. Talk to me like in a year from now and I'll tell you if this is a good idea or right. if I really lost my mind now. Well, I kind of want to go a little bit back to kind of the beginning okay. of things, just to kind of, as we're running out of time here, but where does, yeah. where does the name come from? I know there's a, a very cool story. So I want to hear there that. is. So when, um, so when Keith really sought out to bring cattle back into our organization, um, they, they acquired the ranch rancheria and we named it rancheria because of the road that it sits on. But there is an old little old red house. And if people have seen my social media, sometimes it shows up on there and the new shirts have the house on. We just debuted them on merchandise for the first time. And this house is in, from what we understand, is like mid 1800s and was the original home of that particular rancher's homestead. And we've kept it it's really in rough shape and I really want to salvage all the wood, but we've kept it up there at the top of that ranch forever. So when we were bringing the program forward, our branding iron is a house brand and it goes on the right hip. So there was a series of things and we were like, what are we going to call ourselves now? Like what, and what would be like modern, but still heritage to our Western traditions and all these ideas. And 
So they came up with this idea of Red House. And at first we were like, oh, everyone's going to think slaughter, like blood. And we're like, no, I think it'll evolve if you know the history. Yeah. And we loved because it's the house brand on the right hip. So we call ourselves RH for everything for Red House. So over time, Red House has evolved to stand from like literally kind of what we consider the heritage of our operation, which was the original rancher's old homestead from over a hundred years ago. And so that's really where the name came forward from. A lot of people thought that lived in our community. So when we purchased the new section of the farm in to finish on, it had a red tough shed. <laughs> that sat like at the end of the driveway and everyone's like you named yourself after the tough shed and I was like no it's not that we did not name red house for the little tough shed so we actually painted everything gray but the door so the tough shed changed to gray on the farm store and so now everyone like kind of knows that it really was from this little old red house that sits at the very top of our mountain ranch that's so so that's kind of how the name came down through and um so it's, it's been fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that as a lover of old things and tradition of ranching and agriculture. I think that's just like the coolest story ever. So we say if we ever move into town or in a true retail, like we're going to salvage all that because it's a old board and batten all in the bay and it's all this beautiful old red and it's yeah. this board and batten full of like woodpecker holes and all the things. And I said, if we ever build a store or butcher shop in town like we're gonna take all that wood and it has to come to our retail because this poor house is I mean it's like propped up it's it's on its last leg but I'm like we have to salvage this wood because it's just beautiful yeah absolutely even in maybe your new butcher facility you could use it somewhere yes. or something <laughs> exactly so yeah so it has a fun the name has a fun story of of the old heritage of this little house awesome and with everything that you're doing, because you're a very busy woman, do you have anything that you would give as far as advice to maybe another woman who is trying to make it in the agricultural entrepreneurial world? So I think for me, the biggest thing is, is to be authentic and transparent. I think that's really what I wanted. And I think that's so much of what people are searching for it. They want a connection. They want to connect with their food source. Um, And I feel like no offense to men, but women do a really good job of connecting. That's what's been so fun to see so many women bringing branded programs and social media forward. Um, Because I think it's fun to watch the story that way from a female perspective. And I would just say um, to not be afraid of that, like, but to be authentic to what you are. Don't Don't get caught up in like what's not you or what's not your trends. Just really be true to your why. Why did you want to do this? Why do you get up every day and stay true to that? Um, That's not always easy. And it's so quick to like get caught up in so many things or, or gimmicks or like what is, you know, big conventional programs doing or, you know, what are like the big branded companies labels and stuff doing. And I always try to tell myself, like, I'm just a tiny piece of the puzzle, like stay in my story, my deal. Why did I start this? And, and just really stay authentic to that. Because I think it's also when the times are hard, if you're doing what you love and being true to that, I think it makes it easier to get through those rough days. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and And to to not be like, it's okay to be little. It's okay to have 
big dreams where you want to grow, it's okay. But I don't, I, I always tell people like, don't think you have to go in it that you have to like all of a sudden be this monster mega thing. If all you want is a few animals and a little farm club, like that's okay too. Like all those things, just be true to what makes you want to still get up every morning and drive and through the hard work. Right. Yep. Yep. That's, that's it. And you and your business is definitely a testament to that. So um, I commend you on all of that. Thank you. It's, it's been fun. It's been a journey, but it definitely, I've loved it. And as my girls, I have one that's getting ready to head off to college this summer. And my other one that has Down syndrome is coming into high school. It's been fun for me to kind of um, let them see me back out on the thing. And I know, and to see, like to be introduced to that side of industry and meet people, especially as daughters, that's been fun to um, kind of inspire and empower them. Oh, and I know it's been fun for my daughter to see her like come to work. And now as she's thinking about college and majors every now and then she'd be like, so mom, like what is it? And she'll have a question of something I do in the industry. And so it's been fun to be part of that too. in in hopefully to inspire her to, you know, be willing to go chase her dreams and that as well. Right. Well, and I'm sure show her all of the different facets that are involved in the industry as well. I mean, yeah. literally so much. You don't have to fit into a little box to be doing. No, I tell her sometimes I think she's like, mom, you're not looking at any more of my majors. I think because I'm like, Emily, you should really take this in class. Like this would be fun if you learn this and could do this or bring it back to us. And I'm always like, okay, never mind. You go do what you want to do. And she's an animal science major and wants to do something. But I'm like, you know, ag marketing or communications would be good. You should take Adobe Illustrator while you're there. Here's my list of things I need you to accomplish. Let me know when you're done. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I could come take some of those with you. If I'd have known what I know now, where I'd be. There's some classes. My husband and I always say, wouldn't it be be so fun to go back now and experience and all these things? Yes. Well, even personally being out for a couple years, I'm like, dang, I should have paid more attention in that class (laughs) or whatever it was. Because yeah. We, in touring some of the facilities, and I've been fortunate to tour a lot of the meat science programs as we, and meet with them as we've been building this facility, they're always talking about like packaging or some of their like research classes. And I'm like, that would be so fun to be part of. Yes, for sure. So now that we're nearing our end of our time, I have a few fire questions for you. you Okay, I'm ready. Okay. The first one is what was your first vehicle? My first vehicle was a Ford Escort hatchback when I was 16. Turquoise. <laughs> what color? Turquoise? Yep. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I drove it until finally we were going to have our first baby. And my husband said, like, you have to get a real car in life. No one can fit in your car. <laughs> you have to get a real car. That's great. <laughs> Second question is cake or pie? Oh, I'm a pie. Pie. What kind of pie is, what's your favorite pie? Mm, I'm probably gonna have to go peach pie. Ooh, that sounds good right now too. The weather's good. Yeah. That sounds good. And then the last question is, what's something on your bucket list? Something on my bucket list. I really want to go on a like Alaskan or like Northern Territory drop in moose hunt, oh like with God. a tent and drop in and do a moose hunt. That would be That's- so. That's a major bucket list. I'm gonna have to add that to my bucket list now. Yeah, I've always wanted to go like somewhere there 
in the wilderness and like oh. British Columbia or Alaska or somewhere and do a drop-in moose hunt. That sounds one like day when I'm done educating my children and all those things and trying to get this farm off the ground, that's gonna be my trip. There you go. That'll be your your time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Debbie, thank you so much for spending some time to, with me today. I've enjoyed talking to you and learning more about yeah. the operation. Well, and thanks what? for having me. And I'm so glad that your podcast and following you on social media, it's so much fun all the things you're bringing to light in our industry and things that's great thank you I appreciate that what are some ways that people can connect with you guys or find you if they're looking for you so Instagram we're pretty good about trying to respond DMs everything so Red House Beef is our Instagram or our website www.redhousebeef.com and we don't have a big marketing team so when you email us it's Maddie or I and so we we get the messages we're the responder of the messages on any of those platforms so yeah you can always just reach out through those and uh you subscribe to our mailing list on that. We send all our farm updates each week and stuff. So that's the best way to stay in touch with us. Perfect. Well, if you're listening or watching, be sure to follow them and check them out. And thanks so much for chatting with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at Ag Chicks on Instagram and Facebook and that every episode has a visual version on YouTube on the Ag Chicks channel.